0: to be here that Sunday, also letting you know that Saturday, the 29th, uh, we'll have a come and go reception from 2 to 4 p.m. here at the church. So we hope that uh, you would take uh, take some time to come be a part of that reception. That'll give you a great opportunity to connect with them without being rushed between services. Uh, so we hope you would consider that. Uh, also, we announced this last week. Uh, if you did take a card, we hope that you uh, had brought it today. If you did, there's a little table right outside that you can drop it off in that basket. But we also have more blank cards. If you weren't here last week or didn't pick one up, we'll give you an opportunity for you to write a little note of appreciation of how they have impacted your life uh, and how their ministry has transformed your life. So if you can do that and just drop it off in that basket, we'll appreciate uh, that. We'll be handing that to them next week. And lastly, uh, we want to just take a love offering. We want to bless them. Uh, We want to pour into their lives. We want to give you an opportunity to do that. If you go to the Flag Church app, you'll see that graphic. If you click on that, it'll take you directly to a giving link that you can give towards Pastor Tom and Lori, and we'll be uh, giving that to them as well next week. So we are wanting to celebrate them uh, as they have poured into our lives and the church, and we'll talk more about that next week. So thank you, guys. Well, you guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's do this. Uh, We'll be wrapping up the series today. Uh, We've been talking about experiencing God. And so today is, uh, I know you were like, well, I thought last week was the wrap. No, this is the wrap here. Um, This is, uh, we've got one extra uh, message that I want to unpack with you. Uh, And the title of this message is called The Struggle. The Struggle to Experience God. So we looked at three key ingredients to a vibrant relationship with our creator, God. And uh, we talked about how it's important to have uh, an amazing devotional life, spending time in God's Word, devotion over emotion. Emotion is good, but devotion is what takes us uh, on, uh, along the way, in the long running that marathon instead of a sprint. And uh, we talked about how it's important that our devotional life, spending time in God's Word should lead to more uh, emotional encounters with God that is uh, powerful. We talked about uh, the importance of meeting over missing. We have a culture of missing. Whoa, I shouldn't have done that. We should have a culture of missing where we have our our calendars are so busy and we constantly miss meeting with God and with each other. And we were created for community. We were created to meet with each other and especially with God and having a consistent time on a daily basis to meet with Him and the importance of that. And last week, we looked at the power of prayer how prayer can transform lives. I shared my story of how God has uh, worked in powerful ways through prayer in my life, and uh, I challenged you to have your own stories. Many of you have those powerful stories, and it's so good to see God answer prayer because he is uh, a god that answers prayer it is a means of communication with us in god and so we uh, we hope that you would grow in these areas of spiritual formation that helps us continue to grow in our relationship with god because we um we discovered that our faith in god is based on relationship it's a relational faith uh, not a religion-based faith We are relational beings created by a relational God for a relationship with Him. That's why God created you and me, to have that relationship. And in our relationship, we find that it leads to an experience with God. Today, I'd like to approach the topic of experiencing God from a whole different angle, I know we've been camping in Acts chapter 2 verse 42 and and looking at this from the standpoint of that passage but today I want to I want to look at this whole concept of experiencing God from a whole different uh, angle that is I feel crucial I feel is controversial right now in our culture Uh, and there's a reason for that we'll look at it but I think it's critical for our relationship with God it's critical For our relationship with God Um, the reason I feel like we need to take this approach or uncover this uh, uh, this topic or this approach is because the enemy currently Satan who is real (laughs) um, uh, we we need to understand that there is a true enemy out there that's out to get you the scripture talks about he comes to steal kill and destroy right and the enemy is using this method to destroy our relationship with God, currently. And that being said, it's our identity, our identity, to figure out who am I, who am I? What is my identity? See, an identity crisis that leads us to an experience crisis when we do not know who we are. When we do not know who I am or who, uh, what my true identity it creates this crisis that uh, then leads to a disconnect with God. we look at identity, there's all kinds of different identities that we can tie ourselves to. A cultural identity. A professional identity, a a sexual identity, a religious identity, a a gender identity, a a political party identity. We've got all these different identities that we can uh, relate with. But the question is, who am I? See, the human quest, our quest is to seek and answer the question, who am I? Who am I? What is the meaning of life, right? See, so when we look at this question, uh, a, a bit, the, to answer the question of the meaning of life, we've got to go back to, who am I? Who is my creator? Who is, what is my identity? What is my purpose? What, what makes me happy? What fulfills me on a daily basis? How do I find my fulfillment? the quest to figuring out the meaning of life and what makes us complete, what causes uh, peace, what causes joy, what causes uh, finding hope, what causes, like I said before, fulfillment. So if you're taking notes, by the way, uh, if you don't have our app, we'll highly encourage you to consider downloading app. You can follow along on the app. You can also pick up uh, previous messages on the app as well. If you're taking notes, we've got this. Whose we are over who we are will help us discover our true identity. I'll say it again. Whose we are over who we are will help us discover our true identity. Whose we are helps us answer the question who we are our identity, our purpose, our goals, our vision. So just to help us better understand this, and I look at my life, um, I have different identity tags on my life. I am Misty's husband, right? Which defines me as connected to Misty. Whose I am? I'm Misty's husband. I am Kieran, Caden, and Kyra's dad. It's an identity. I'm connected to them as their dad. I'm a pastor at Flag Church. These, these identity tags help me have purpose, purpose to be a, a, a godly husband and a godly father, to have goals, to lead my family in the right direction that is honoring to God, to provide for my family, to cast vision as, as a pastor in a church for where we are headed as a church. There is an identity that comes with it, right? You guys following along? Okay, you guys awake, right? Making sure, just making sure. Okay, so let me, let me throw a little wrinkle into this whole thing just for the sake of conversation. It's totally fictional. I don't want you to panic here. So I mentioned, right, that I was Misty's husband. Just for the sake of conversation, what if I decided today or want to make the, make the uh, statement, I'm Misty's husband and Jill's husband. Some of you are laughing. Does that, does that cause a little bit of conflict in your head right now? I'm Misty's husband and I'm um, Jill's husband. Totally fictional. There's no Jill in the room, is there? Please. I was scanning the, I was, I, was, I was prepping. I was like, uh, do we have any Jills? No, we don't have any Jills. But do you see how that causes a conflict? Where I tried to be Misty's husband and Jill's husband. I try to have these two identities, or I decide all of a sudden I'm not Misty's husband anymore, I'm Joe's husband today. It causes an identity crisis, an experiential crisis in my life and my wife's life, right? You get it? It causes chaos, causes destruction, it causes hurt. It causes hurt with every person involved in that relationship, right? So figuring out who we are helps us figure out who has influence over our life, because that's important, because the person that we are tagged to has influence in our life and what we experience in our life. So discovering our true, and I'm going to emphasize on the word true here. Discovering our true, discovering our true identity helps us discover the truth about who we are. Okay? The truth. To discover the true identity, we need to discover who our creator is. Because if you think about it, I mean, anything that we have, anything that we own, uh, there is a creator that created it. If that's a, a, my wife just got a table from Amazon, and and there was somebody that designed that, and there was an instructional manual that came with it, which I never use, and I don't know why I always have these extra parts, but when she uses it, she figures out how it all goes together. But there's an instructional manual that the person that designed it put it together because they knew what it was intended to be and how it was meant to be put together so we have uh, we need to discover who our Creator is see our Creator is able to communicate truth about who we are which is our identity and what our true purpose and meaning in life is are we looking for purpose and meaning today are we looking for fulfillment today are we looking for peace and joy today and are we lacking that today See whose we are will help us discover who we are and what we experience we experience the prince of peace or if we experience the prince of this world and we'll unpack that here in a few minutes so we ask the question who is our creator a defining question a foundational question a life-altering question can i say that again a life-altering question So as we've done in the past, I've got a passage that we'll be using to help us kind of unpack this whole identity and who we are, whose we are. So we have the psalmist, uh, David, that is writing in Psalms chapter 24. Um, And if you don't mind, if it's okay with you guys, since you guys have been sitting for a while, would you guys mind standing as we read God's word this morning? We're going to read from Psalms 24, and it's going to be on the screen, or if you have your Bibles, you can turn to it, but we'll, we'll, we'll read uh, from God's word this morning. The earth is the Lord's, and everything in it, the world and all its people, belong to Him. For He laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean's depth. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship you in your presence, O God of Jacob. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. We thank you for what you have given us as an instructional manual to know truth to discover whose we are and who we are. I pray even as we unpack this that your Holy Spirit will speak to us and that you would bring truth and revelation to us, your people, in Jesus' name amen amen you may be seated thank you Psalm 24 verse 1 the earth is the Lord's and everything in it the, in its in the world and all its people belong to him so we see a declaration here the whole earth belongs to the Lord everything The earth is the Lord and everything in it. It wasn't enough for David to say that the entire earth belonged to the Lord. He added that everything in it also belonged to him. It's kind of difficult to take a more sweeping statement of God's ownership of this earth and everything in it. And then we see that that not just everything, but all its people belong to him we are his he is our creator god and we see this in genesis chapter 1 verse 27 god created mankind in his own image in the image of god he created them male and female he created them you and i we are creation we are creation created by this creator god for a relationship with him he is our creator he created everything that we see he created this whole universe he created everything that is around us he created everything so we may enjoy his creation but we are his creation we belong to him and he is our creator god so if you were to ask the question whose are we originally when you were created you were and are still his he is your creator so today's service is all about adding wrinkles into it so we're going to add another wrinkle into this whole storyline but we also need to understand that the world belongs to satan currently satan is called the god of this age He is the God of this world that we live in. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4 says, Satan, who is the the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. So there is a good news. There is truth. There is a God that is in control of all things. But then there is this sub- God, who is in control of this world, that is blinding people to the truth. So when you see somebody on the street that doesn't believe the way you do and does not have the faith that you do or lives according to a different lifestyle, you've got to understand that they're not bad people. They're created by God. They're God's creation, but there is a blinding force that is on them, that has been put on them by the enemy of this world, by the God of this world, who is known as Satan, which is the lies that he feeds you and me. And we see how Satan even tempted Jesus. Jesus was, before he started his ministry, went out for 40 days to fast and pray. He comes out of the fast and pray, and what does Satan do? He walks up to Jesus, and he tempts him, and he says, I will give you the kingdoms of this world. Now, Jesus never questioned the devil's ability to do that. He knew that Satan was The god of this world what did he say away from me satan for it is written worship the lord your god and serve him only serve him only so we see that there is this whole concept of satan who is the god of this world but even though satan is the god of this world we also know that he comes under the authority of god himself and god is the ultimate creator and ruler of all things and is in and is the owner of all uh things that we see so how does this change things for us how does this change in our um our situation in our life when it comes to identity see satan offers or tempts uh you and me just like he tempted jesus and and you may be sitting here go come on dude come on let's be real Satan temptation I mean are are you kidding me we we, we're living in the 21st century or 20 yeah right kind of getting further out there but so let me ask you this question then why do we struggle with the truth or things that we know are good for us like let's maybe not eat all that candy or let's not eat all that fast food but we still do it right we know we've got to exercise, but we struggle to wake up in the morning, right? Me? We struggle. We, we, we know we shouldn't say certain things or do certain things, but we still do it, and we go, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that, right? Why do we struggle? Why is there this constant struggle between right and wrong? How many of you would agree it's good to read the Bible, pray, not miss church? Okay, some of you agree, the rest of you are like, nope. I'll ask that question again. How many of you agree that it's good? Maybe you don't think it's good. Uh, Read the Bible, pray, show up to church, do life with others. Okay, how many of us really do it every day? We're all on the same boat. It's a struggle. Why is there a struggle? Because there's this thing called, or this person called Satan, who is uh, the ruler of this world, and is constantly... Causing us to trip and fall. He approaches us daily with the same offer and temptation. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Now, let me tell you, Satan doesn't just show up in front of you and say, hey, 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 I'm Satan. Bow down and worship me. It doesn't happen that way. He's cunning, he's devious. He's smarter than you and me. He is. Thankfully, we have God who has overcome Satan. And so when we rely on him, we get put over the powers of Satan. But when we don't, he is smarter than us. He will trick you. He will make you fall. He doesn't come that way. He doesn't come and say, hey, will you worship me? No, but he'll say, oh, will you worship this created thing? Will you worship the stuff that I have, uh, what is out here that looks very attractive? And we see that happening in the garden with Eve. What did Satan do? He walked up to Eve and he didn't say, hey, guess what? I'm Satan. Will you worship me? No. It's like, he uses God's words, he twists God's words, and he applies the question, did God really say you shouldn't eat from that tree? Did God, I mean, come on, it's just a fruit. Did God really tell you not to eat out of that tree? And what does Eve do? She steps in and she's like, well, I mean, it is a fruit. It was created. It must be good. I'm just gonna check it out. And we see the shift. We see the shift. The shift from whose they became. They moved from under the kingship of God to under the kingship, the God of this world. So you've got to understand that the enemy walks up in subtle ways And he attracts us with the things that are created in this world. And he gets us to shift our our, our devotion from God to created things. And then there starts to appear this spiritual blindness that starts to appear in our life. And then truth starts to look very gray. And now we start to believe a lie that becomes our new truth. This is the start of identity deformation where our identities are changed and transformed into a different identity. It starts when we um, move from create created God and we look at creation as our new God. Creation starts to become the attractive part that becomes our God. We focus on what makes me happy. The focus shifts from God to me. I become my own God. Well, if it's good for me, it's good for me. If it makes me happy, that's all that matters. We refocus on a new God. See, when I become the creator and the director of my life over the created God we start to see a new identity formation. A new identity that starts to emerge that does not line up with what God intended. An identity crisis. I heard this this week, actually. Tim Keller put it this way. There are two identities. An identity that we receive and an identity that we achieve. An identity that we receive and an identity that we achieve the there's only one identity that is given to us freely it's a Christian identity identity in Christ as a follower of Jesus Christ we receive it freely it is given to us it's given to us by the grace of God an identity where we were living in this world and we surrendered, re, re, realign ourselves with God and we become a child of God. And there's a reformation of identity and it's, and it's put on us. Every other identity, we go after. We have to work for it. We achieve those identities. And if you think about it, which has more anxiety and stress? Which has more worry? Which has more fear? Which is more destructive? The identity that is received because it aligns with who we are? Or the identity that we try to achieve who is not who we are, but who the world tells us we need to be? Or what social media tells us what we need to be? Or what whatever magazine or book you read that tells you what you need to be? A false identity that starts to emerge A false identity that starts to suppress and silence the true identity that God intended for you. An identity crisis leads to an experience crisis. An identity crisis leads to experiencing the God who wants to be in a relationship with you. Because when we have a false identity, it is hard for us to truly understand our creator God. So what do we do? How do we, how do we realign? How do we restore that? How do we fix that? How do we get back on the right track? And David's talking and he says, who may climb the mountain of the Lord? And not to unpack all of this because that's a whole different message, but he's saying, man, how could we enter into the presence of God? How do we realign? How do we come under the alignment of God? How could we submit to his leadership and his authority and his kingship? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure. And do not worship idols and never tell lies. So what's he talking about? Pure hands? Hands that do not take part in the things that are spiritually impure and offensive to God. Pure hands, our actions, our motives, the way we respond, our conduct. Is it pure? Is it, is it honoring to God? No man's inward life can be right if his outward life is unclean or just when we look at our actions we look inside and we have to start asking the question where are these thoughts coming where are these actions coming from where are these motives coming from where are these where is my conduct how is it aligning is it honoring to god What does it look like? Do my actions, are they honoring to God? What do they look like during the week? Maybe they're great on Sunday. What do they look like during the week? What do they look like when no one is around in your private life? What does your actions look like if you knew that nobody was watching you? Are they honoring to God? Pure hands. Here's another question. Do your actions line up with the actions of this world? Do you blend in? Do you fit in? If you were in a crowd of people that were not followers of Jesus Christ, would be people see your actions and go, oh yeah, it's like everyone else. If that is the case, we may have a problem. We may have an identity crisis. Because aren't we called to live a countercultural life? Not so that we can be proud and arrogant and boastful. No, because we are different we're not created for this kingdom we were created but there was this thing called sin that entered this kingdom and distro- and has caused chaos and so now we are god is working on restoring us and sanctifying us and purifying us and cleaning us so that we can be presented to the king of kings and the lord of lords to live for another kingdom a heavenly kingdom so we can't line up with the things of this world a pure heart pure thoughts affections and our speech The thoughts that we have. The heart is referred to the center of one's being. Our thoughts, our intellects, our emotions. We've talked about this before. It is referred to the wellspring of life. Think of that imagery. A wellspring of life. This beautiful spring that is constantly bubbling out good stuff that is healthy for our life. So let me ask you, that spring is connected to a source that is healthy, right? At the the core, What would that spring look like at the core if it was connected to a pot of poison? What would that look like? What would that spring look like? Would it be the wellspring of life? Or would it be the wellspring of death? And so when our identity is is connected to the wrong thing at our core, in our heart, in our intellect, in our emotions, in our thoughts, in our will, now... There is no holiness coming out. And so we need to stop and re-examine our hearts and ask the question, what are my thoughts? What are my affections? What do I love? They say well, <laughs> they say, if you look at your pocketbook, uh, your, uh, now it's your credit card or your uh, smart cash app or whatever you use today, uh, we'll tell you what you love. A speech I then jesus was saying this some in what, with his disciples now what goes in that corrupts you what comes out that corrupts you because it comes from your heart and thirdly to worship god do not worship idols, never tell lies. See, idols, when we see in, in Scripture, he's talking about these, uh, these um, uh, wooden and, and concrete or cement uh, figurines, but not in our world, these idols have shifted. Anything that takes the place of God becomes an idol. The created things have taken the place of the creator and have started to reshape our identity, and now we've created idols that we worship that redefine who we are. God is saying, hey, it's me and only me. I am your creator, God. That's not because He wants to be arrogant and boastful and and, and, and to tell you what to do. It's because He cares about you, because He knows how you were created. He knows how you tick. He knows what's best for you. He created you with a plan and a purpose. And He says, man, you are out of your plan. You're out of your purpose. You're not living the way you were intended. You're in pain. You're struggling. There is stress. There's anxiety. There is worry. There is people committing suicide. There is marriages that are falling apart. The whole system is corrupting because you are... Worshipping the God of this world An identity crisis A realignment A struggle What are we worshipping? Who are we worshipping? Whose are we? One of the biggest challenges in marriages today Selfishness Selfishness. Where did that come from? The biggest problem for identity crisis? Selfishness. Where did that come from? From a selfless God? No. (laughs) From the God of this world. When we put these elements together, a pure heart, Pure hands, pure thoughts, worshiping God. Matthew 5, verse 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart. For they will, they will, what's it say? See God. They will what? See God. Experience God. Be in this vibrant relationship. Walk with Him daily. How do we do this? We do this by being devoted to his word. Meeting with him on a regular basis. Praying to him. Being in this vibrant relationship with him that realigns identity to be rooted in him to have an identity that is rooted in Him, to be called out, to be set apart, to be sanctified, to be purified so that we can live a life that God intends you and me to live in our right identity because we are His. Whose are you? You are a child of God. A child of God. So what's the outcome? And we see the in verse 5 and 6. They will receive. Remember, I told you earlier there's an identity that we receive and an identity that we achieve. When we align with Christ, we receive his identity an identity that is restored, a restored person by grace, a new identity. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. You will see God again. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Be in the midst of him. To be in the Holy of Holies. To encounter the love of God, to encounter the goodness of God, to encounter the faithfulness of God, to encounter the healing presence that comes, to encounter the peace that passes all understanding, to encounter true joy that bubbles up from the inside out because we've got the wellspring of life that is inside of us because we are rooted in Him. Because identity is in Him, not in this world. What identity are you struggling with right now? If you are, I can tell you, if it doesn't line up with God, it is a lie that the enemy has put on you and you are blinded to the truth. So we you were to bring this all together, and land the ship. Identity is established when we're in a right relationship with God. A relationship. A right relationship with God. Our identity is damaged when we worship idols and created things, when we surrender to this world and submit to the king, or, the, I should say, the God of this world. Our identity is redeemed, because <laughs> his God loves us. He did not say, "Well, guess what? You went your way, so see you bye. No, no, no. God's like, man, I still love you because I formed you, I shaped you, I created you. I have a plan for each one of you that is sitting in this room right now. If you're watching online, you're watching in Fort Scott, wherever you are, God loves you and he wants to redeem you. He wants to restore you. He wants to give you that identity back. He wants to put a crown on you. He wants to put this garment of grace on you. He wants to purify you. He wants to make you a beautiful bride for him identity is redeemed when we trust in Christ for God's forgiveness and His presence in our life. To hunger for that. To hunger for that. 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 and um, if you have your app um, I've given you some extra reading for this week that you can read that kind of Lines up with what we're talking. Just to see what God's word says. And uh, I'm just starting to unpack you know, or just read just a little bit of this, one of those passages. But I encourage you to consider going on the app and looking at that extra reading that you can do. But 1 John 3.1 says, see how, uh, how very much our Father loves us. Do you hear that? Maybe you struggle to understand that this God loves you. This God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. For he calls us his children. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He's a father that loves you. It's a heavenly father that loves you and you are his children. That's your identity. Child of God. A child of God. And that is where, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know Him. Struck me as I was putting this message together. Somebody asked me who I am. I'd say, "Oh, yeah, I'm Anthony. I, I'm, my wife's Misty. I'm a pastor at Flag Church. I have three kids." Do I ever say, I'm a child of God? I'm a child of God. First. Do you mind saying that with me just to see what that sounds like? If you feel comfortable on three, one through three. I'm a child of God. Do you believe that? Do you see that? Let's do that one more time. One, two, three. Guys, we live in a world full of lies and we and we repeat lies and we look at lies and we believe lies. We need to start speaking truth into our lives. What would, it, what would it look like if every morning you woke up and you said, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. And I align under his leadership. Under his authority under his kingship because he knows what's best for me my identity is in him I am bought with a price Jesus died for me his blood purified me he cleansed me pure I'm being sanctified daily made, made being made new every day so that one day one day That I can stand in front of the Father and He can look at me and say, Well done, good and faithful servant. I'll leave you with this thought. When we travel, we've got to have an identity or a passport. I remember this one time. We had made this big plan to travel to Sri Lanka as a whole family. No one's fault. Just making sure everyone was clear with that. But we get to the uh, the check-in, a uh, checkout line, and uh, uh, the uh, at at Wichita International Airport, and um, one of our family members had a passport that only had five months. And in certain countries, you've got to have at least six months to start your travel you can't end it and so they were like oh you can't you can't make this trip we're like what and long story short she couldn't make the trip and they had to drive to chicago get their passport renewed take the next flight the next day it was total chaos it was chaos there was a lot of anxiety there's a lot of fear there was like what's happening here The right identity, the right information needed to be on that passport for her to enter. One day, you and I are going to be standing in front of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's going to ask you, do you have the right identity? And if you don't, I think you may hear the words, I never knew you depart from me. it's eternal identity it's crucial it's critical it's life altering if you don't have that identity get on the right side and if you do let's reach people that need to and let's show them grace let's love them if you'd stand with me at this time i'll give you an opportunity this morning maybe you don't have that identity maybe you don't know jesus christ as your lord and savior maybe you uh, maybe you just have never given your life to jesus christ If that's you this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to receive the identity that God has for you, to be called a child of God, to be covered by the grace that he has for you, to cleanse you, to purify you with the blood of Jesus Christ that was poured out for you, given freely. All we have to do is receive. The only identity that is given freely for us to receive is the identity of a follower of Jesus Christ. So this morning, with every eye closed, every head bowed, if you're in this room this morning and you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, or if you're watching online or at Fort Scott, wherever this is, or maybe you've given your life at a, at a, a time before, but you've kind of done your own thing. You've gone your way and you just feel like you need to recommit your life this morning to Jesus Christ. I want to give you that opportunity. If that's you, if you'd slip your hand up real quick and just put it down. You're just letting me know, hey, pray for me. And you're asking God, God, you know what? That's what I'm doing this morning. I'm committing my life to you. If that's you, can you just slip your hand up and you can drop it back down. Yep, thank you. I see that. Anyone else? Anyone else? if that's you this morning. okay. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray the salvation prayer and I'll ask every one of you to join in just to help those that are praying this for the very first time. If you just repeat this after me. Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I turn away from my sin and I turn towards you. I give you all of my life. All that I am, all that I have, and all that I hope to be, I am yours. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for changing me. Thank you for saving me. And thank you for giving me my new identity. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time this morning, I want you to stop by our Next Steps booth. Just talk to our Next Steps team members. They have a Bible. They have a a card with information. But we want to know so we can celebrate with you. We want to reach out to you, just pray with you, and walk this journey with you. So if that's you, we hope that you would do that. If you're online, you can go to our Flag Church app, go to the Connect section. You can say, hey, give my life to Jesus Christ for the very first time, and we'll reach out to you as well. But man... Let us, this week, I want to challenge you. Like I told you earlier, there's two passages in our app that you can approach and you can read throughout this week. But what if you were to start each day by saying, I am a child of God. And before you go to bed, you make that statement again. I'm a child of God. Let us work towards a new formation, a new identity in the kingdom of God. So, I want to pray this prayer. I prayed this last week. Paul prayed this over the church, over Ephesus, and I want to pray this blessing over you. So if you would uh, join me at this time, bow your heads. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, have a blessed Sunday. We'll see you guys next week. God bless you.